Hi, this is Tom from Wakefield Biochar. You're listening to 1590 WCGO Chicago Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. Hi, hello. My name is Dana. I'll be uh, taking care of you today. If you have any questions about the menu, please let me know. I guess I do have a question about the chicken. If you could just tell us a little bit more about it. Uh, The chicken is a heritage breed, uh, woodland-raised chicken that's been fed a diet of sheep's milk, soy, and hazelnuts. Okay, this this is local? Yes, absolutely. His name was Colin. Here are his papers, okay? That's great. He looks like a happy little yeah, guy who runs around. A lot of friends, other chickens as friends. Putting his little wing around another one and kind of like you know, palling around. I don't know that I can speak to that level of uh, intimate knowledge about him. Um, they do a lot to make sure that their chickens uh, uh, are very happy. Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. 20 years and counting as Chicago's go-to deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Sunday morning on Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. And true currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine will... Good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome at 847. A new secure line has been opened for communication. 877-711-5611. Now back to American Radio Broadcast. On Facebook and Instagram at the Mike Novak Show and at Mike Now on Twitter. And here they are She's Lean and He's Green, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Good planets are in the main. Welcome. Hello. And salutations. Greetings of the day. Whatever that means, wherever you are. And uh, it's a great day to be gardening. It's not what I've got to say. Uh, and uh, yeah, and and our guest here is nodding his head uh, because uh, he is going to be talking to us about that very thing. We're very excited to have in the studio, in person, the garden boss. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, and he's looking at himself. I don't know if you can see yourself there yeah, on the Facebook right. Live. There he is. Um, uh, for those of you who like to listen to the show live, you can go to Facebook, go to the Mike Novak Show. Sometimes you could go to 1590 WCGO, but I encourage people to go to the Mike, Knock, Mike, the, 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 the show, Mike Novak Show uh, and give us a like there uh, if, uh, if you want to do that, too. Uh, William Moss is the garden boss, and he's written a book called Any Size, Anywhere, Edible Gardening. But, you know, that's that's not why he's here. I mean, it is partly why he's here. He's just here to chat. He's, yeah, yeah. good to have a good time. I know. Here to talk gardening. We're, exactly. And uh, we're, we're very pleased to, to have him here in the studio. We had him on the show back uh, in March for a very short time at the Chicago Flower and Garden Show. Uh, and we, we thought, oh, okay, that's not long enough. You can't, you can't, you can't even get started in, 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 in a segment there. So what we're going to do is encourage you this morning to call us at 
877-711-5611 and uh, ask us your gardening questions. You can also do it on Facebook. You can do it on Twitter. Uh, at, on Facebook, it's The Mike Novak Show. On Twitter, it's at Mike Now, M-I-K-E-N-O-W. By the way, Novak is always spelled N-O-W-A-K. That's because... Because it can. Uh, well, because, no, it's it's about <laughs> mom and dad. That's how they pronounced it. That's how I grew up pronouncing it, you know? And I'm not changing it to Nowak just because that's the way it looks to a lot of people. That's to, you know, you, Nowak. You, your name is your name. And we've talked, identity. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. It's, the, it's identity politics here on the Mike Novak Show. <laughs> it's gardening politics is what we do on the Mike Novak Show. So give us a call. Give us a tweet. Give us a, a post. Uh, we might even look at Instagram. Instagram. Who knows? Hey, look, and there's a call pouring in right now. I don't know if that's uh, uh, because of you or somebody else, but maybe we do have a question to start. I don't know, but they just hung up. Well. So, <laughs> well, well, call because, us back, please. Yes, eight seven 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 one one fifty six one one, and uh, we'll uh, we'll answer your gardening question. We're we're ready to take on anything, right, we William? We're stomp us. Uh, <laughs> Try stump the moss here, okay? Stump the boss. Uh, stump the boss. Stump the moss. That's yeah, that's see. the way it works today. Uh, I I hardly know where we just got a couple of minutes here uh, before we break. We we do our little intro segment and then we'll get back to the meat of things. Mm-hmm. What uh, in thirty seconds uh, are your observations about what's going on this spring so far, Mr. William Moss? Uh, very late spring start. I'm going to so. ask you to pull that mic up just pull a little, a little more. Bit. Uh, pull right up, here. Just, just go. Ring. How about that? There you yeah, go. There we go. Very late start to spring. So cold season crops really were just kind of um, kind of very short, very small, didn't really do what they should do. I know. But it's a good time to abandon all of that. I abandoned cold season crops <laughs> in the night. I what? did. No, 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 no. I'm I not did. giving oh, up on, on my snap peas. My, my kale's just starting to. My well. peas are fine. Everything else, the kale, all the other stuff that started that's too too small, growing too slow, tore it out, put mm. in my eggplants, put in my peppers. Wow. I'm getting a jump on my summer. Uh, you know, it's a wash. Yeah. Some, some seasons are a wash, and this spring was nearly a wash. You know, that's really literally a wash. Uh, yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, in certain parts of the upper regions of uh, of of the United States, it was very cold and very rainy. Yes, uh, and as you say, sometimes. You just got to move on. Nature yep. doesn't wait. No. It, it, we, we didn't even. There was a, a, a an article that came out that said we had the hottest May on record. So we went from spring to summer. Yep. No, or rather winter to summer. Yep. No spring. Yep. Oh, well. All right. William Moss, the garden boss. It's the Mike it's Novak me. Show with Peggy Malecki. Stick around. From boat to doorstep. You can have the best in premium and sustainable Alaskan seafood right here in the Midwest. Sitka Salmon Shares is an Alaskan community-supported fishery, or CSF, comprised of small boat family fishermen from southeast Alaska. They're supported by 4,000 CSF members, and you can be one, too. Sign up at SitkaSalmonShares.com to receive fresh Alaska salmon, whitefish, and more in shares ranging from three to nine months. Use promo code MikeNovak18 for $25 off. Go to SitkaSalmonShares.com. The 26th Annual Koi Show from the Midwest Pond and Koi Society is coming in June, and the Mike Novak Show will be there again. Join Peggy and Mike on Saturday, June 23rd at the Max in McCook. Get great tips for your pond from the folks at the Midwest Pond and Koi Society. The show runs three days, June 22nd through 24th, and a month later, it's their great garden and pond tour, which covers the entire Chicago region. Go to mpks.org.
Did you have an award-winning garden last year? Yes? Did you actually receive an award? No? Then you didn't enter the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards. We partied like it was 2017, which it sort of was. 46 great Chicago gardens and 26 wards were honored, and we're doing it again this year right now. Go to chicagogardeningawards.org and fill out an application. It's free, and your plot of paradise might be recognized as one of the best in the city. We're looking at ornamental, vegetable, container, and specialized gardens, such as green roofs, walls, and rain gardens, community gardens, and new this year, urban farms. You have until June 20th to register. Did I mention it's free and created in part by the Mike Novak Show, Natural Awakening Chicago, and some other pretty excellent organizations? Go to Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards on Facebook or ChicagoGardeningAwards.org and get your garden in the game. Is that too aggressive? This is your talk. One of the few true originals of our time. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Oh, come on. Nah, you're kidding me here. I hit it. I got the prod comp. Uh, well, hey, it kept Mark Zuckerberg sonar, from, from, sonar, from blocking us. Sonar, sonar alert. <laughs> oh, man. Welcome back to the Mike Novak yeah, Show. Yeah, there we are. I'm playing music, but it ain't being heard, and uh, there we go. Um, that's what it's supposed to be, right? There it is. It's meters kicking and everything, and we've got no music coming it's okay. up. Okay, we'll do a mic check in the next. Okay. Yep. Oh, you're gonna like that bump too. I did a I did a special bump for you. It was oh. it was our retro bump of the week. Oh, and uh, well, we'll catch it at the next break. Uh, what, was the, what was the music? Who was it? And I'm not gonna tell you. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show. Did we say that? Minus music, but the, as you said, la 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 la. You go. You want to sing? No, no. Okay. All right. Let's go right to the phone line. Uh, uh, and again, the number is eight seven 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 one one five six one one. And who do we have on the line here? This is Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Uh, and why is it? That, why did you want to call today? Because I know the garden boss. You know personally. <laughs> he actually, um, I'm calling in. William has come out. I work at Lyle Junior High School out in Lyle, a western suburb of Chicago. And William has uh, teamed up with some teachers, and we have started a community garden at our school. Well, that's wonderful, William. In fact, I, I, we're going to get to that in a second because if you go to your website, uh, Get Out and Grow, folks can find out how you do that. But tell me mm-hmm. about the this uh, garden that you set up with these folks. Well, it's a really it's a fun place. It's this courtyard. By the way, Jessica, she's a great person. So I'm, I'm glad you called in. Good morning, Jessica. <laughs> so, so, so the courtyard. Good morning, William. <laughs> so the courtyard was kind of, um, I don't want to say underused, more as probably misused and not used would probably be the best terms for it. And it was just kind of a space where they wanted to do some cool stuff. So we went in, we put in some raised beds. Uh, we cleaned up the space a little bit, threw in some flowers, got a lot of vegetables going in, and uh, it's, it's looking great. Pruned up the trees. And we're going to try to keep keep it going by having all the maintenance tied to curriculum and standards at the school, whether it's math, science, English, history, whatever, special needs, whatever we can do to move it forward and uh, keep keep the school linked to it. And so far, we've had a lot of participation from people in the school. And uh, we're excited about it, and we think this is a way to keep a, keep the garden going sustainably, not something that's going to come in and leave out. Jessica, how's the garden doing right now? Oh, my gosh, it's doing awesome. Yeah? <laughs> what have, what have you got? We definitely had some, um, you know, some trouble. We had a late spring, so 
as William knows, some of us were getting discouraged, but man, it's really flourishing now. And um, it's just, it's not just the garden. It's kind of brought everybody together at the school. It's really given a lot of kids some, you know, garden experiences and experiences with each other. So it's been awesome across the board. We're very, very happy. What What is rocking in the garden right now? I would say the, um, you know, last week we harvested, harvested some radishes and the Chinese cabbage. Um, so the kids got to go home with heads of Chinese cabbage that they never <laughs> had before, so that was awesome. Neither have I. Can and, I have one um, of those, please? <laughs> These so, Chinese cabbages are amazing, by the way. They're, they're, they're amazing. Well, well, you know, let's, 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 yeah, let's stop there. Explain what a Chinese cabbage is. Okay. Uh, well, William, why don't you tell yeah, us? Yeah, so, so basically it's like... Yeah, it's, it's William. A, <laughs> it's, a, it's an Asian green. It's like a mustard. So you can eat it raw, but it makes a beautiful head. So, so it's this beautiful head, kind of like almost you would think of it as like, like, a, like a bib lettuce or something like that. Okay. But, but the difference is, instead of just having fiber and water in it, it has all the vitamins and antioxidants and minerals. So it's a healthy green that you can eat and put on your burgers or just make a salad out of it. That's what we do with it. And it, is, uh, it makes a really nice, beautiful head. So the kids were harvesting, holding these beautiful heads of cabbages there. What, oh, what, nice. what varieties? Uh, this particular one is called Minuet. So it's Minuet Chinese cabbage. Fantastic! Everyone should grow it. If you can hear my voice, you should you should plant seeds, but don't do it now because because they're starting to bolt. <laughs> do it in was, August. That's what I was going to tell do, you. Do it in August. Yeah, that's that's one of those cool weather crops that uh, had a, a launch window of about a week and a half this <laughs> exactly. This and year. now it's got a bolt window <laughs> yeah. of yeah. the right. whole summer. Uh, and and you mentioned radishes, and so the kids got to take home and and radishes are they're cool in so many ways because yeah. they grow so fast and they're and they're they're red or, or you know whatever color but the red radishes <coughs> excuse me excuse me um this is something that you get to see the fruits of your labor no pun intended mm-hmm. right away yes it's uh, great for kids. It's great for kids. Yeah. I think I think Jessica then you guys harvest the easter egg radishes i think they were like pinks purples Red, some white. Yeah, there was a, they were a few different colors. So that was, the kids loved this. They yeah. thought that was really cool, too. So uh, I assume, <laughs> Jessica, you're not one of the kids. No, no, I'm a teacher there. Oh, okay. I just wanted to make sure because I wasn't sure. But just, she's youngish. We'll uh, say that. Yeah, but uh, had <laughs> you, are, have you been a gardener uh, before this, uh, Jessica? Um, no, actually, not at all. My mom was a avid gardener when I was growing up, and I actually despised gardening because I had to weed everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, and this so, is... Um, but this has taught me, I mean, as um, William can tell you, I live in a condo, um, so I don't have a yard. However, I have... Um, Started a container garden, so I have a tomato plant growing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a pepper plant. I have uh, some wasabi arugula. William, you'd be very proud; they are flourishing. <laughs> Good. So uh, it's been a really cool experience for me personally as well. I've really gotten into it. So and cool. and that was the point I wanted to make: is that it's never too late for you to start mm-hmm. figuring this out uh, and and learn that gardening anything, uh, but certainly vegetables is not rocket surgery, okay? Anybody can do this. Uh, and it's great to see adults figure that out, too, and you're learning at the same time as the kids. And, and, and I've said this many times on this show, gosh, 
I wish <laughs> I wish the nuns had taken us out mm-hmm. and um, and ta- taught yep. us how to, to <laughs> how to plant seeds. But that's not what no, they no. when I was yep. in school. That that was not on the curriculum. Uh, but uh, so well, I'm, I too went to Catholic school for twelve years with nuns. So I try to bring a different perspective these days. <laughs> yeah, and and you do, and that's great, Jessica. Thank you so much for calling. We really appreciate it, and I'm glad the garden's doing so no well. No problem. What, thank you. Well, uh, real real quick question: What are you going to do with it over the summer? Um, well, actually, we are having, uh, we've created what's called a dig-in club, D-I-D, Discover, Imagine, Grow, and we started that after school once a week, and we're carrying that through the summer um, so we can maintain the garden. And, and we're doing cool we projects, too. The watering, and, yeah, we're doing we some cool projects. We're going to do a, um, some of the, um, the faculty to come in and do some watering over the summer. So we're getting a lot of involvement, like I said, throughout the whole school. So that's cool, even over the summer. And we're going to do a ladybug release. We're going to do like a garden yeah. shed build day. We may even do a trellis building day. So we're having events that hopefully will bring more people out so they can get more attached mm-hmm. to the garden, even the community. You know, we're happy with all the kids that are coming and the teachers. We want parents to. Well, and this is a really good point, yeah. that, that even if you do a garden at a school nowadays, for A, school, schools stay in session for so long these days that, <laughs> that they practically don't have yeah. any vacation. Uh, but you can, as Jessica said, get a club together that, where the kids come mm-hmm. and continue to monitor. And if, they got, if they're invested in it in the spring, they will continue to be invested in it over the summer. Um, so that's wonderful. Jessica, uh, thank you so much for calling. That is such a great story, and uh, good luck with the garden this summer. Oh, thanks so much. You guys have a great day. All right, you too. Thanks, Jessica. Get out and grow. Uh, get out and grow. And that that's a great segue. By the way, 877-711-5611 if you want to follow Jessica and talk uh, gardening or ask a question. Uh, William Moss, the garden boss, is here. Uh, as he mentioned, his website is getoutandgrow.org. Uh, and you've got a lot of going, lot going, a lot of going on uh, on that. Uh, <laughs> that's my Italian version. Now let's plant some uh, par- parsley. Um, and uh, uh, tell us about some of the stuff that happens on your website. Uh, we, I want to get to the mossies, okay, in a second because I thought that was pretty cool. But but basically, you're using your website to say to folks, hey, listen, I can teach you how to appreciate gardening. I can I can take yes. uh, almost any landscape and turn it into a living classroom right. where I can teach kids about what's going on around them. And I assume it's not just vegetables, but that's sort of your main focus. It's, it, yeah, not just vegetables, also native habitats, uh, trees, shrubs. Anything can be used as a classroom, and not just for kids. I mean, for adults, too, for people mm-hmm. who want to go out and experience their landscape. A lot of people feel like, have been hands-off. You know, they just it's just a yard with some shrubs or whatever. But, I, but uh, my feeling is, is if we can get people outdoors and engage with their landscape, they'll appreciate it more, they'll enjoy it more, they'll form a deeper connection. And that's what we're all about. We're always trying to get people to establish a deeper connection with nature. So if there's, a, if there's an apple tree or a strawberry pot or maybe some of their favorite herbs, maybe there's some cumin, maybe there's thyme, maybe even some turmeric, some things they want to go out and get and experience. Gesundheit. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and be involved with, then those are the type of things that will call them out there. And for the kids, 
Every backyard is their own nature show, every one of them. So you can go out, you can study the bees, the butterflies. You can even study the cool things, like when the parasitic wasps lay eggs inside the caterpillars yeah. and they eat them alive. You <laughs> yeah. know, that's, that's, that's cool Take stuff for kids to see. Take care of those tomato hornworms. Right? Oh, yeah, exactly. That is the coolest <laughs> thing. And exactly. That, that happened in our community garden, in my, in my community, uh, where it happened to one of those those the they got the, the parasitic wasps wasps attacked and we, yep. it was a learning experience. Yes. Okay, kids, come on over, and take a look at this. this yes. You're going to like this. See all those things sticking out of that worm. Well, <laughs> right. <laughs> let me tell you what's going on in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all all that kind of cool stuff. And we realized that people often don't have time to go through our our grandmothers were in the garden all the time. Grandmothers, great grandmothers. They they got that experience intuitively. They got their knowledge that way. We're stretched so thin today that people don't have that. So what I offer is I can come in and do things, but I also can just be a garden coach. That's what I can do. I can coach you in your landscape and your school and anything else to get you going down the path you want to go down and to help you reach your landscaping goals. So that's that's what we try to accomplish at Get Out and Grow is helping you get out and grow. Uh, and you work uh, with uh, NGSS, which I didn't even, I had never even heard that phrase. Yes. Uh, next Generation Science Standards. I am huge on Next Generation Science Standards because that's, we've got to, we've, our kids have got to learn more science. We've got to get more science under our belt so we can reassume that mantle of leaders in science. So uh, we're always stressing, whatever we do, we link it to some sort of standard that we can teach kids, even if we slip it in on them. You know, we'll slip in a little physics, a little math, a little chemistry, geology, whatever we're trying to slip it in so that when they come out of this, even though they don't necessarily, they may not be able to say it chapter and verse. If you were to ask them the question, they give you the right answer. Uh, and you also work in STEAM, which is science, technology, engineering, Art and design and math. Yes. Uh, sometimes, uh, well, it used to be called STEM, and now we're making it STEAM, and that's a really good thing. Yes. Because it's one of the things I rail about is I love science, folks. I'm all about science. But when you start taking away art, you are making a huge mistake mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. that's where you get your empathy in the world. Yes, you that's do. where you learn to appreciate other points of view is when you look at art and, well, and, and design as well. And so well, yeah. I think art I think art and science have been under attack. Those are the ones that have been cut the most for, for like reading, math and standardized tests. Mm -hmm. So they, we've got to have them. We've got to have music. We've got to have creative expression of, of the knowledge and the feelings that these kids have. You've got to have that as well as the science. Yeah. Okay. And the gardening brings them both together because that's creative design there, too. Gardening is an art. Yes. It's a scientific art. Well, uh, <laughs> yes, it, it is. And it's, um, it's also art in four dimensions yes. where, uh, because yes. you have to add time to it. And, I, and time is the hardest thing of all, is mm -hmm. trying to figure out what is this thing going to – and we always miscalculate. <laughs> one, you look at your plants, mm -hmm. and you, you, when you plant them in the spring – uh, or in the first year, knowing that's going to be a second, third, and fourth year, right. uh, you, you, you try to picture in your head what it's going to look like either in six months or three months or three right. years, uh, and invariably I get it wrong. Uh, <laughs> wow, that plant got that big. That exactly. yes. and that's wow. and that's what always happens to me. It's uh, the plant is always bigger than I imagined it w it would be. Well, that's the classic Chicago though of, of like putting a putting a juniper tree or a yew tree right next to the door when it's right a little there. baby. Well, it's, <laughs> it's a little baby, and then ten years later, you can't even get in the house. You got yeah, to duck to get in. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, that's not just Chicago. Okay, that, that is a national disease. Okay, because 
This is what people do. They buy these, these mostly evergreens. Mm-hmm. They put them right next to the front door, and then in 10 years, they cannot get out the door. Well, it's they're true. told okay. they're foundation planning, so they stick them at the foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big the, mistake. The whole thing about foundation planning. <laughs> said, and, and as you mentioned earlier, uh, uh, we don't pay much attention to what happens in our – a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot a of lot people, of people they want they want – no maintenance. Okay. First yes. of all, folks, there's no such thing as no maintenance. E- even if you put AstroTurf and plastic <laughs> shrubs, you're going to have some kind of maintenance. I'm yes. sorry. It's just got, if you own a house, you're going to have maintenance. You know how yes. you get no maintenance? Don't own a house. Okay. <laughs> right there. Right. Okay. So, uh, but they think if they put in some ewes and some junipers and some lawn, they're done mm-hmm. and uh, it'll it'll take care of itself. Well, guess no. what? No, that, that's nope. not going to happen. Nope. Nope. So you nope. might as well have fun, right? You might as well have fun. Put things out there that you like. Put something out there. Instead of putting that you by the door, why don't you put a little Miss Kim Lilac or something like that? That way you have for, for two weeks out of the year, it smells beautiful when you walk out the door. Or maybe a little small dwarf witch hazel. So, yeah, you know, okay. you have, you, yeah. Or something the pollinators will like. Or something the pollinators like. Or just put you a nice little flower garden or, you know, throw in oh, well, Or a little vegetable vine. garden right outside. I have in my backyard the silliest little vegetable kitchen garden uh, right outside the back door. Yep. There was a boxwood there uh, until about a month ago. And it was beautiful and lush and healthy as yep. heck. And I just ripped it out and said, and now there's kale and cucumbers uh, and tomatoes. Exactly. And, and you use it more and, and you enjoy it more. I enjoy it more. <laughs> I, I yep. stop at it every day and I look at it and go, how are my babies doing today? How's, how's, how's everybody <laughs> yep. doing? Yeah. Yep. And That's I never true. did that. With, I was the, the With the boxwood, I was like, you're in the way. I'm getting wet because it rained and now I'm brushing against the boxwood and I'm just sure. getting wet. All right, we got more coming up. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We have William Moss, the garden boss, with us. Uh, Stick around. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural, professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color, perms, and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne Keratin Smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at organicrootsecosalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. DNR Services Unlimited has been serving the north and northwest suburbs since 1992. They can take care of those little problems that never get done. They perform complete bathroom, basement, and kitchen remodels. And if you're looking for a complete home makeover, they can handle that too. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. That's RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. It's a new year, and Chicagoans are still looking for new and better ways to get healthier. This is Peggy, and I publish Natural Awakenings, Chicago's greenest and healthiest local magazine. And if you want to reach our area's growing wellness and sustainability market, you need to get your business in front of our 80,000 engaged monthly readers. 
Call me today at 847-858-3697 to learn more. 847-858-3697. And check us out at nachicago.com. You're listening to Weekends on WCGO. Check out our Facebook live stream brought to you in part by our exclusive signage partner, Fast Signs of Lincolnwood. Located at 3450 West Devon Avenue, visit them on the web at fastsigns.com slash 80. Okay, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We've got William Moss, the garden boss, in studio here today. I We got a, a Facebook question there, Peggy? Yes, we do. We have a Facebook question from Teresa about her apple trees for William Moss. She has uh, leaves covered with orange spots and wants to know what's wrong with her trees. Well, um, unfortunately, it could be apple scab, but it's probably apple rust. I was just thinking about that. I have a crab apple, and I was hoping, and uh, it gets apple rust every year. I've been cutting it back. I'm eventually going to take it out. But um, the problem with it is it's like a host disease that moves on, it's like on junipers and cedars one year, then mm-hmm. it will move over to apples, you know, the next year, and it goes back and forth like that. So there's no way that you can have an apple without having it near cedars and junipers. They're everywhere in America. Right. So so what happens there is it, it just it gets on the leaves, turns them um Orange, orange spots get on, and the leaves drop prematurely. Doesn't always damage the fruit. So, Teresa, the hope is that the fruit will be okay, but it will drop the leaves a little early than normal, which will affect the, somewhat the vigor of the tree. So, you know, we just keep our fingers crossed that, that you know, you can go. I'll tell you what you can do. You can ride around in the neighborhood, cut down any junipers and cedars. You, you know, and that's, and that's the problem. People say, well, I don't have a juniper or a cedar in my yard, but all but you need. But it's spores, and they just... Yes. Go out there yeah. and and, the, and travel. the the cedar, apple cedar rust is is so interesting because it, the idea that there are two different species that pass this thing back and forth yes. is it's really kind of complex and yes. and sciency it and it's hard to understand that if I've got this plant and my neighbor I don't know six doors down has a, uh, uh, the the other host plant right. I'm going to get this disease because of that yep. and you don't even know where that other plant might be you may have no idea where the yeah. plant is it took me forever to find the juniper that was infecting mine and it was like four houses down in a backyard and uh, and what did you do. Well, nothing. I, I just keep cutting the crab apple down. I'm eventually, I keep cutting it shorter and shorter, <laughs> and eventually I'm going to cut it completely out. I just didn't want to have the big hole right away, so I let other things grow up around it. And that brings us to a really good point, which is sometimes there's just nothing you can do but yep. maybe swap out and put in a different plant. Now, yep. you, you said... Uh, Apple cedar rust is different from apple scab. It is different. And a, yes, it is. And a lot of people get apple scab on their, especially older variety, yeah. crab apple trees. Uh, mm-hmm. And they ha- and they love it because grandma gave it to them and, yes. and it's been there forever. And, you know, I just want to say grandma had bad taste in apples, <laughs> crab apples. And, and Well, you don't have to go quite so harsh. <laughs> you can say that grandma maybe didn't have the right resistant varieties available. I don't okay. want to offend anybody's okay. grandma. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I tell you what, let's blame it on grandpa. Okay, All yeah, right. grandpa can okay, we'll, get in the business all day. Hashtag blame grandpa. But, <laughs> right. but the point I'm going to make, the point I'm going to make is that there are so many 
disease resistant varieties out yes. there now. Mm-hmm. This is True. one of the great accomplishments of the 20th century and early 21st century is that a lot there's a lot of crab apples that have been bred not to have apple scab. Yes. Uh, I've got one in my yard. Now, interestingly, I think I'm going to cut it down. And it's not <laughs> and it's not because it's diseased, it's because it's too big. I uh, mm-hmm. I I to keep it in bounds, I have to prune it every year and I'm just tired of that. Yeah. And I love it. It's a prairie fire prairie fire apple a uh, crab apple and um it in the spring it, it it's like it, it it's a, it, it just these pink Covered. blossoms that are just unbelievable it's like the the tree explodes with these yeah. blossoms and it's gorgeous and even the rest of the year the leaves are red they come out red so mm-hmm. and then they turn green but it's a beautiful beautiful tree if i had an acre of land that tree stays okay right. i've got my 30 by 40 backyard and it's too big too big yeah yeah and scale wise it and doesn't it, work and it, it doesn't and now i think this this winter is when i'm going to call the arborists and say okay guys come on in get this thing out of here and i'm and i'm going to do it in the winter and i hope things are frozen so they can come in and they can do their dirty work without tearing up your garden exactly because it's when it's frozen mm-hmm. then you know the plants are, are have gone dormant you can walk around and even if there's some damage it's not like the damage that'll happen in the summer or the spring or the spring if you come out so uh but the I, good news about that the good news about you cutting down your apple tree is you'll have apple wood for your grill we, I, I use it all the time, you know. Seriously, I just, I just, I just cut down the crab apple tree and let some dry by the grill. Do you, do you want some? I'll cut then, when I prune this summer. I'll give you some if you want. Sure, sure. Uh, or it I, smells great in the fireplace in the winter time. It smells great in the fireplace. And if also you have a fireplace, smell. yeah. A lot well, of us, I do. Uh, I know you do. Well, <laughs> yeah. So shaggy. between his grill and my blah, fireplace, blah, we'll blah, take blah, care blah, of your tree. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, but the point I want to make is, you don't have to put up with apple scab. Take, right. take the tree down because the choice you have is e- every spring or summer, you're, you either treat the tree mm-hmm. or you leave it and you have the ugly mess. Yeah. And if you have the ugly mess, well, those spores are going to pop up and infect the mm-hmm. tree again next year. And it's going to mm-hmm. happen over and over and over again. It's, it's, it's like uh, Groundhog Day with apples, with crab apple trees. And apple scab is worse than apple rust. Apple rust is mostly cosmetic. Uh, it will reduce it somewhat, but apple scab really makes the tree look horrendous. It makes it look, and 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 it makes the apple sometimes, uh, you know, who wants to eat an apple that's got a bunch of lesions on it? Nobody. <laughs> no. So you know, so so no. if you find something that's resistant, then do that. Yeah. Right. And so what I'm saying, especially if it's if it's a crab apple and you're doing it for for ornamentation, right. Right. Uh, you, what you should do is cut it down. If you really, really want a crab apple in that place, and there's other things you could put there mm-hmm. as well. But if that's what you want, get a disease-resistant plant. Yes. Uh, and in five years, you're going to wonder what took you so long to do mm-hmm. it because they grow so fast. Yeah. Uh, and then, boom, you're going to have that beautiful tree back. And now this one, probably, unless they start to figure out ways to get these diseases, but right now they're resistant to, to most of them. And I'll tell you, I've had my prairie fire for 15 years, and it gets it gets no diseases at all. It's, okay. it's, it's, it's really, I, it's, it's been, uh, other than uh, ungainly in my yard and shading out everything, it's really been a, a lovely tree. Right. So. Uh, that's my advice anyway. And and you don't have to blame grandma. Uh, no, yeah. no, no. Blame grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. Not, not grandma. Uh, and I'll say, if, you know, for 
people love apple trees because they bloom early. They have mm-hmm. they have the, they have decent form and all that. But I've just been so so in love with the service berries lately. I mean, my apple trees have gone through lots of changes, both edible ones and crab apples. But when I have the service berries out there, it seems like they. They take everything. They take disease. They take pests. They take drought. They take all these things, and they still produce. And because because my because the service berries are ripening in June instead of having to wait until October, mm-hmm. I always get a crop. I don't have to fight with so which, many things. Which variation it. do you like? My favorite one for eating is Regent. It is by far the best edible service berry. Service berry Regent. R E G E N T. It makes really big, juicy berries. Uh-huh. Uh, it's fantastic. It's, but, it's, but it's, it's, it's a cultivated variety for eating. You yeah. have how many how many service berries do you have in your yard? I grow about three different, three four different types. Mm-hmm. I grow the Marquee, I grow the regular Stoliferner one, the one that just one that spreads on the ground. I grow Regent, and then there's one other I can't think of. Apple service berry that I grow. And I might, it, when I take out my uh, crab apple, I might put a service berry in there uh, instead. I do have one now, but it's yeah. by itself. And I don't know of any other service berries in my neighborhood, which is kind of odd. Uh, so it doesn't, it's not as prolific a bloomer and okay. a fruit producer. Uh, but uh, you, you take issue with robins. Uh, I do. One of the, I do. I have a lot of issues, a lot of issues with Robins. If you go to Get Out and Grow, <laughs> you will see uh, that William Moss has the Mossies. What, what are yes. the Mossies? The Mossies are the best performers for that year. So the 2018 Mossies have the best performers for 2017. And I saw on this so far, the 2017 had the best performance for 2016. And, and oh, I was so. looking at the, your, your overall performer was a Stringy Stonecrop or Sedum Sarmentosum. Yes. It, it has performed like a champ. I mean, this is a sedum that everyone should know, and most people don't even have stocked in their nurseries. They, they have a lot of other sedums, but this sarmentosum grows in sun or shade, mm-hmm. uh, grows in containers, whether you have a small container or a big container, has beautiful chartreuse foliage that hangs out over, so it, so it becomes a spiller. Okay. In a container. It spills over the container. It also fills as a ground cover, whether it's dry shade, whether it's uh, full sun, um, whether it's in like in a woodland area, it'll still f- fill it up. And it has the beautiful yellow flowers in June to July. So, I mean, it's just one of those plants that looks good all season long. And that's what I'm about. I'm about getting plants that have more bang for your buck. I don't want a one-season plant. I don't want a plant that, <laughs> you know, that just, that just looks good like for, for spring. I want something that's going to carry me all the way through. Because I got a small space too, Mike. And the small space plants should be big performers. Yes, they should. And so among your awards, uh, well, you have the Worst Pest Award. I do. Yeah. Parts 1 and 2. Yes. <laughs> and, and and you put the robins on there. Now I, I got to take a little issue with you because I like robins, and one and and you dislike them for the same reason I like them, because they're brazen. They, they're they're tough. They're 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 yes. really good urban birds because they don't care. No, you know I'm convinced that they got the name Robin because of all their robin and thievery. <laughs> I'm convinced <laughs> that's that's what they do. They are they are the best thieves out there. And they will eat your service berries. Oh, yeah. I know. Good. I've watched them. Uh, but but I'll tell you, they make up for it by the way they take a bath. The, a robin will sit in a bird bath for 20 minutes taking a bath and yeah. just flapping around. Mm-hmm. And it is the coolest thing to watch. That's, yeah. And I don't know. I, I, just, I love the idea that you can walk out the back door and a robin's on the ground and he's, you know, hunting worms or whatever. And, and you walk near him and, and the robin will yeah. look at you and go, yeah. 
What's your what's your problem, dude? Yeah, yeah. And and doesn't fly away necessarily. Just no. uh, just hops away and says, yep. "You want to leave? I, I got. I'm I'm working here. I'm not here. done yet. Yeah, exactly. And so, and it's why I like robins. So on our rooftop, when my wife goes out there, the robins look at her like, "What you talking to? Who like, like who you talking to? Who are you? You know, they're they're just not scared of her. Now, if I come out because we've established a rapport." With, <laughs> <laughs> they will fly away. Oh, the away. boss is here. They will fly away and run away from me. But 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 they are they are right. They're they're too brazen, too bold. I, that'd be great if I wasn't trying to grow berries. But I am trying to grow and, berries. And I will I will <laughs> so admit that's where we have our problem. I very rarely get to my service berries because the birds and they're just starting to turn red now, mm-hmm. and that's what happens. They'll eat them before they're ripe. I mean, we won't ding. eat them, but the robins that's will. That's a ding. They do, they'll okay. eat them before they're Yeah, all wrapped. the strawberries are gone already, but that's chipmunks, and we won't even go there. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's William Moss, the garden boss. Uh, he is also the proprietor of Get Out and Grow. You can go to getoutandgrow.org and find out a lot more. Uh, you should pick up his book, too, uh, Any Size, Anywhere, Edible Gardening. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We'll have more when we come back. Did you know that today is Take a Native Plant to Lunch Day? Well, every day is when you grow plants from natural communities' native plants. This year, you can get your hands on hard-to-find edibles like wild leeks and golden seal, instead of stealing them from forest preserves, which is illegal, and a whole forest of permaculture shrubs and fruit trees like service berries, pawpaw, and persimmon, and nut trees like pecan, hazelnut, and walnut. They even carry wild strawberries and other native fruits. Natural Communities has the largest selection of native plants, shrubs, and trees in the Midwest. They even have native garden kits for beginners. And they're happy to provide you with education about sustainability to help you succeed. It was never so easy to make a positive difference in the world around you, even if you're a foodie. Don't just get back to nature, create it in your own backyard. Go to naturalcommunities.net. Naturalcommunities.net. Do you love trees? Do you have a great story to tell about a special tree in your life? The Morton Arboretum and Open Lands have partnered to launch Tremendous Tree Stories, an online collection of stories highlighting people's connection to trees. Submit stories of the trees you cherish, remember from childhood, or that hold a special meaning for you. Browse the collection and consider sharing your own tree story by visiting tree-stories.org. Tree-stories.org. I'm meteorologist Rick DeMaio. Bringing a lot of social science into climate change is really important. People who teach climate change now, you have to really get into how it's affecting people, how it's affecting the ability for people to cope, how it's affecting the ability of people to adapt or to mitigate. Stick around for some more insight into weather and climate and how it might be affecting you, your lives, and your garden. On WCGO 1590, Chicago Smart Talk. This is your talk. Do you read me? On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Come on, is anybody even out there? A raindrops. So many raindrops It feels like raindrops Falling from my eye 
Hey, look at this. We have audio. All right. And this is our uh, retro hit of the week. Um, you know who did this? I do not. I, I heard this song, but I don't know who it is. Oh, okay. It is uh, D. Clark from 1961. We're playing all the retro hits here on the Mike right Novak here. Show. Quiet uh, Storm. Uh, yeah, and uh, I love that song. Uh, I, I, I grew up with that song. So, uh, uh, and, and it's kind of appropriate. Let's get into that right away because some okay. parts of the Midwest have had a lot of rain in the spring, and you wanted to address how to take care of that. And then we'll get to Jessica's question in a second here. What, what are you telling people when we get a lot of rain? And I mean a lot of rain. It's been a deluge. And so, and so what people need to know is that you know, the, plants, the plants need that water. All that's good and fine. But if you have container gardens, you got to understand that a lot of your nutrients have been washed out. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have mm-hmm. to start fertilizing uh, this week. You know, so get, find you a plan and stick to it, you know. Follow the directions on the package, but uh, you know you you lost a lot of your nitrogen and you lost some of your potassium this week because that stuff got washed out. So make sure you do that. And then, and then for other people who who may have a garden, understand that you have a lot of rank growth over the next week or so. You may need to get in there and thin your tomatoes a little early, pinch those suckers a little early, even maybe thin out some of your perennials that may start to kind of grow in annuals. Because what's going to happen to them is that if they have if too overcrowded with all this growth now, and we continue to get this type of rain. That's when you get your pottery mildew on your flocks and your asters and your Joe Pye weeds and your other plants that it spreads to. So, uh, so Monarda. Your, especially Monarda. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, so watch your plants, see how they're growing. If they look like they're a little overgrown or too lush, there's nothing wrong with going in there and cutting it out and thinning them up a little bit. Okay. There's some, some good advice. You know, it's funny. You were talking about that. We had a, a rain uh, this morning. Uh, it rained overnight, and we had a lot of rain. We had a lot of rain last night and yeah. the night before. Um, and I still have some tomatoes that have not made it into the ground yet. And they're in gallon containers sitting in trays. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is that the tray has filled up with brown water. And I go, ooh, those are the nutrients. So yes. when that thing dries out, I'm pouring <laughs> that water right back in. <laughs> you know Smart. that, that yep. trick, right? So oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, if you leave your, your plants out in the rain, like I do sometimes, because I got I walk out my back door, I got flats, I got pots, I got all this stuff that's just... I got more in the car for you. Oh, no. <laughs> it's waiting to go into the ground, and it has right. some of it has... In fact, some of it's going in today, but i got to be careful because mm-hmm. it's wet, and I don't want to compact soil. Right. So, exactly. so I'm going to just hang back onto the mm-hmm. lawn part and then right. reach in and, and get stuff in because i got to get it in. It's got just got to get, got to do it. Time. So, so we had a question uh, from Jessica, a, d- a different Jessica. Do you want to handle this, Peggy? Sure. Jessica wants to know what's wrong with her Concord grapes. She says they grew beautifully for five years. Now in the spring, the leaves emerge yellow. They won't stay small, or they stay small and fall off. It's not attempting to produce fruit. She treated it with iron last year. It's looking bad again this spring. Well, I was going to say that it could be a nitrogen deficiency or iron deficiency because that's what typically causes yellowing, but that's not the case. So uh, if, if she had an iron last year, that's not the case. I would wonder, was anything dumped in the area? That's the first thing you want to check out. Did somebody put something in the area that you don't know about? Maybe a chemical, maybe like gas or something like that. Uh, first check that. Look for any signs of physical damage. Is mm-hmm. there something on the, on the trunk or tree where you can see where it may have gotten hit by like a... Um, a lawnmower, or are there holes in it? Are there some sort of insect or infestation that's going on with it? Uh, grapes typically should last you a decade or two. So if, if you've only had this one for five years, 
then then it's probably something unnatural happening. I will say this though, don't keep fighting an uphill battle. Um, if for some reason it's not fruiting for you this year, it doesn't come out. Maybe what you do, I know it's going to be harsh, Jessica. Maybe what you do <laughs> is you take the plant out, take some of that soil out, go dump it in the back area, bring in some new soil, and put a new plant in. You know, I I, I have fought these battles mm-hmm. uh, for, for for years trying to keep a particular plant alive, and then I remember, or th- then I wrote Moss Rule Number Five. <laughs> Plants are plentiful and inexpensive. <laughs> don't don't fight that battle with it. Well, yeah, just, just, just go get you another one, and then you can test that. that and, and blame Grandma, okay? I want you to blame Grandma. <laughs> you are no, grandma, grandma again. Grandpa. Oh. <laughs> blame Grandpa. Blame Bill. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. And not this William. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Bill Turk. <laughs> but, uh, the, the, the problem is, though, as you know, is that when you invest years in a plant, Right. You really hate to give up yes. all that time because yes. you say plants are plentiful and they're cheap. That's true. Years are not cheap. That's true. That's yep. very that's very yep, expensive. That's the time, and that's why people they won't give up on a plant. And sometimes you just have to. You have to say this yes. is not working. Reality needs to to kick in here, and you yep. need to do it. Don't throw good time after bad. Same with money. Don't throw good money after bad. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes you got to just give up. And sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. You know, you know I want to talk for a little bit before we let you go here today okay. uh, about your book, Any Size, Anywhere, Edible Gardening. And you can find all this, folks, mm-hmm. if you're listening. Go to MikeNovak.net, M-I-K-E-N-O-W-A-K.net. And, oh, yeah, we can hold the book up. Everybody mm-hmm. hold their copies. Uh <laughs> <laughs> He's got the back. I've got the front. Oh, look at this! Oh, we go. We're... I have it on Kindle. All right, wait, wait. We'll, oh, we'll, we'll okay. find me. We'll find me. I know they're trying. They're fine. There's, there's a shot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, uh, um, and uh, you should uh, get this book because it's uh, the no yard, no time, no problem way to grow your own food. And it's mm-hmm. what I like about it is, is uh, a new gardener is going to look at this and go, oh, this is easy. I can do this because you just walk people through and you're. You're kind of no-nonsense also yes. about this. Yes. I put it together so that you could pick it up mm-hmm. and use it. You can read it, or you can use it as a reference. And yeah. I understand a lot of times people just want a quick reference guide. They can get mm-hmm. to something and get it. You can do this right here. If you got questions about tomatoes, you can skip all my blah blah about, <laughs> about gardens and community and go straight to the tomato section and pick out your favorite types of tomatoes and that you, you want to grow. You've got great ideas for plants that work well in small places. Uh, yes. That's, that's the main topic there is to make sure yep. that everyone knows you can grow no matter what size yard or patio you have you too can grow food and the only uh, objection uh, i have is you have a chapter on okra uh, i don't know but that's okay i'm from uh, south carolina <laughs> and okra is a okra's staple good. crop i know that <laughs> it's just, a staple uh, it's actually it's see there are certain plants that i would grow certain vegetables grow just for their beauty yes okra okra is one of them mm-hmm. um eggplant is another. Yes, beautiful. Um, and beautiful. because I love the way eggplant works and don't really know what to do with it in the kitchen, but I love... I'll get you some go- recipes. Yeah, that- I know you will, but they'll just sit there in the book. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that flower it puts on that eggplant, mm-hmm. it can be amazing. So yeah, I love them all. Yeah, I it's great stuff. What is going on in your yard this year that you're really excited about? Well, I just I just got my service berry bushes at my at my mom's house are massive. I'm gonna harvest. I'm I'm just, I'm, I'm I'm putting it out there. I know you don't count chickens for their hatch. <laughs> I'm counting on ten plus pounds of service berries this year. We're making service berry jam. What wife. about the robins? Robins, robins, go away. The robins are going to get all of them out <laughs> on my rooftop, but they haven't found the secret stash at my mom's house yet. So let's just shh, don't tell them about it, and and, and and it'll be just fine. Robins, also, they're over there. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> not over here. <laughs> right. Go right. the other way. Exactly. <laughs> also, I wanted to mention, I'll, I'll be teaching the class at the Botanic Garden this year on ground covers and vines. It's a six-week oh, cool. course. So anybody who wants to learn more about about uh, you know grapes or about how to put ground covers, how to grow both up and across. That's what the whole thing is so about. So maybe Jessica needs to come and, and take your class. Use that I think space. she's and, sharpening and, her axe although, right although, now for the grapes. Here's, here's <laughs> the thing about Jessica. I know her. She's a great gardener herself. So okay. um, uh, I'm glad she's calling in the show and asking questions. But mm-hmm. Jessica, you know how to grow stuff, don't you? Uh, all right. Uh, I want to thank William Moss for being on the show. He's the garden boss. You can go to getoutandgrow.org. Uh, you can go to his uh, Facebook page. What you got a couple of Facebook pages. I do. WilliamMoss.tv is the is the one that has a lot of pictures and video clips on it. And then you can just reach me personally too, William Moss. Uh, William Moss. And we didn't even get into the fact that he's like a multimedia star, but oh well. Next so, time. Next, next time. time we'll talk about that. Okay. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, William. Appreciate it. Good it's to be the here. Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Native plants in the next hour. We hope you stick around. Captain's log, stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. Inexplicable, Captain. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Wolf. Asparagus officinalis, or killer asparagus, was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work. Mike Novak was one of the smartest, funniest people in the horticultural world of the 21st century. Sound red alert. Shields up. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe, author of my favorite children's stories. Captain, I am attempting to access a copy of the masterpiece. Hmm, it seems to be available online at AroundTheBlockPress.com. 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 Yes, Mr. Watt. Yes, Captain. AroundTheBlockPress.com. How many times can I say it? Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Call us with your questions and comments at 847-A new secure line has been opened for communication. 877-711-5611. Now please make enjoy for second hour capitalist radio. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. All I need is good food to eat and make me healthy. Wealthy, wide awake, lettuce, tomatoes, root and bacon. What about those sweet potatoes? All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good food to eat. And welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Kind of a rainy Sunday. Been a, a lot of rain out there, so... Be careful out there, folks, driving and in, and planting. And sloshing through your yard. And sloshing through your yard. And be careful that you don't go compacting your soil. But uh, regardless, I, I'm going to be out there planting tomatoes today. <laughs> I don't care. I, did, I decided I, I, this yeah, is this is, you know, this is like landscapers. What landscapers do is uh, when you hire a landscaper, they don't care that uh, it's raining. Uh, they don't care that it's 40 degrees. It's on the They're schedule. They're out there with the leaf blowers. Yeah, so that's, yep. that's where they come out there. Okay. Uh, lots going on here. I'm just looking at our uh, our show, the live video stream on Facebook, and looking at all the, the great logos that, that are coming up, uh, like from Fast Signs uh, in Lincolnwood, Illinois. Uh, and uh, they are a great sponsor of WCGO, Chicago's pro- – um, boy – uh, Chicago Smart Talk. Smart Talk. Uh, my brain is just fried. 
Chicago Smart Talk and uh, 1590, and, and we're glad that they're a sponsor. But we've got a couple of others, uh, and, and I want to thank Sonar uh, for putting up. I see Sitka Salmon. Uh, we hope you guys go to Sitka Salmon and get yourself a share, uh, a CSF, which is Community Supported Fishery. These are, are family fisheries that uh they they're out there mm-hmm. with lines in uh southern alaska south uh, west alaska southeast alaska they're supporting the local economy small businesses and they ship it fresh yeah. to the midwest and if you use the code mike novak 18 mike novak 18 you uh will be able to get 25 bucks off your community share so Please do that. And then also we just got up there something that's going to be happening in a couple of weeks. Uh, we're going out to the Midwest Pond and Koi Show, their their annual show at the, the Max. The Max. The Max. Uh, out in McCook, Illinois. And we got their uh, logo up there. You see that flashing up there. And uh, on the 23rd, which is a Saturday, we're not actually going to be broadcasting this show. However, we will be out there with um, Mark Zuckerberg in person, uh, who, no, I can't say that, because then they'll, they'll hold me to it. Oh, dear. Uh, he's somewhere in the background. All right, let's put we it that put way. put him in a fish tank? Uh, yeah, that would be really good, <laughs> if you ask me. On skis, okay? Like the, like the skiing squirrel, okay? Uh, and uh, uh, But we will be out there at the Pond and Koi show, doing some Facebook Live stuff and talking to folks. It's really fun, and you should go to mpks.org, as in Midwest Pond and koisociety.org, mpks.org, and find out all about it. We will be there on the 23rd. Very excited uh, to do that and be part of that action. Uh, and we got more. I'm going to let you take Yeah, ne- well, next Sunday. Yes. The show is going on the road to downtown Evanston. Woohoo! To the Custer <laughs> uh, Fair. On the road for at least a half a mile from here. <laughs> We're hitching up, hitching up the wagons now. Um, the Custer Fair, which is June 16th and 17th, WCGO is the official. Uh, official radio sponsor for the event. So many of the weekend shows will be there. We're going to be there. Um, Bill and Carrie are going to be there. Richie Z is going to be there. Several of the other shows. And there's going to be a lot of awesome prizes. Randall, uh, didn't I hear that Mighty House is going to be there now too? Yes, Mighty House will be there. Uh, Because they weren't. They they had some issue with power. But now I'm listening to Mighty House the other day and they're saying, yeah, we're going to be there. So you guys get a ding. So Mighty House will be there on on Saturday as well. So yeah. it's a couple of days of the Custer Street Fair, and it's a great event. And, and we hope you come out and meet us. And uh, a couple other things. Natural Communities Native Plants has been a great sponsor of the show. Today is the last day to place your spring native plant order. Ooh, okay. Go to naturalcommunities.net. Yeah, you can uh, hear that. You hear their uh, ads on our show. And we love Nick Fuller from Natural Communities. And, uh, you know, I should put in a little plug for uh, Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards. Um, I'm going to be on TV this week. Apparently, I'm going to be on Channel 7. um, And I don't know. uh, uh, Victory, my friend. Peace. Uh, And uh, I'm going to be on uh, their noon show with Tracy Butler and I don't know if it's Thursday or Friday. We haven't set the date. But you're bringing lots of plants I'm bringing plants. Uh, and I want to thank uh, our, our friend Krista Orham Keller out at Midwest Ground Covers and their Natural Garden Natives line. You can go to naturalgardennatives.com. And we're going to be showing 
what you can put in your yard in the way of native plants, which is kind of a segue to our next segment because we're going to bring in our friend Benjamin Vogt. Did you have something, one more thing, though? Um, Yeah. We need to tell folks that they can sign up for the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards contest through June 20th. Right. Right. Uh, Well, and that's what I'm going to be promoting on Channel 7 uh, this week. Uh, You can go to uh, chicagogardeningawards.org. ChicagoGardeningAwards.org, and we hope we're starting to, the entries are starting to pour in. Uh, but if you live in the city of Chicago, you got a great looking garden, you think, I deserve an award, uh, you should uh, sign up. You got till the 20th of June and just go right online. And, and you, it's free. It's free. You send in a couple of photos, you, you explain what your garden's like, and Boom, we'll send out some judges and uh, and take a look at and it. it's so, a lot of fun, too. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, have we covered, we covered a lot of everything Ooh. here. So that's that's good. So uh, coming up, as I mentioned, we got our friend Benjamin Vogt, uh, who's a native plant uh, designer, grower out in Lincoln, Nebraska. He's having problems with the city of Lincoln about, oh, I don't know, weeds in his backyard. I, I got the feeling they're not weeds. Unwanted plants. Uh not unwanted. They call them. We'll find out in a yeah. second. All right. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We'll be right back. Did you grow an award-winning garden last year? Yes. But did you receive an award for it? No. Well, then you didn't enter the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards competition when 46 great gardens from 26 city wards were honored. But fear not, Chicago gardeners, we're doing it again this year, starting right now. And we want you to enter your garden. Go to chicagogardeningawards.org and fill out an application. It's free, and your garden might be recognized as one of the best in the city. We're looking for ornamental, vegetable, container, and specialized gardens, such as green roofs, walls, and rain gardens, community gardens, and new this year, urban farms. You have until June 20th to register. And did I mention it's free and presented in part by the Mike Novak Show, Natural Awakening Chicago, and some other pretty great organizations? Go to Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards on Facebook or chicagogardeningawards.org and get your garden in the game. From boat to doorstep. You can have the best in premium and sustainable Alaskan seafood right here in the Midwest. Sitka Salmon Shares is an Alaskan community-supported fishery, or CSF, comprised of small boat family fishermen from southeast Alaska. They're supported by 4,000 CSF members, and you can be one, too. Sign up at SitkaSalmonShares.com to receive fresh Alaska salmon, whitefish, and more in shares ranging from three to nine months. Use promo code MikeNovak18 for $25 off. Go to SitkaSalmonShares.com. This is tree keeper number 417, hydrated, loppers sharpened, and reporting that Openlands has tree keeper summer and fall courses in 2018. Tree keepers are trained volunteers who advocate and care for nature's most majestic plants, trees, around the Chicago area. Trust me, you'll be glad you took the course. The summer course is Tuesdays and Thursdays in Arlington Heights. The fall course is Sundays and Thursdays at Wells Park in Chicago. To learn more, visit openlands.org slash treekeepers. You're listening to Weekends on WCGO. Check out our Facebook live stream brought to you in part by our exclusive signage partner, Fast Signs of Lincolnwood. Located at 3450 West Devon Avenue, visit them on the web at fastsigns.com slash 80. (laughs) 
Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. And as I started to tell you when we were going to the break, uh, several weeks ago, I was uh, looking on Facebook. It's one of the, those deals where you, you get up in the morning, a lot of, a lot of folks go to their Facebook page, and they, they want to see what's, uh, what's going on and who's doing what. And I saw the most interesting post from a friend of ours. His name is Benjamin Vogt, and he's out in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, he was on the show last year. We've had him on the show several times. He came on last year because he's written a book called A New Garden Ethic, Cultivating Defiant Compassion for an Uncertain Future. All right. And we talked about that book, which you should pick up and read if you're interested at all about, I guess, the the the, the conflict between I would call the same old, same old in our in our gardens and something that maybe has a little more purpose. Mm-hmm. And th- that's all I'll say about that. I'll let Benjamin speak for himself. So anyway, I, get, I go on Facebook and I see he's posted something about his own yard out in Lincoln, Nebraska. And he's got this, he's posted a sign that got posted in his, so on a post, he's, he has a pic- middle of his yard. He has a picture of a post, uh, whereas the city came in and stapled this Warning, uh, in his yard, it says, Warning, Chapter 8.46 LMC, City of Lincoln, Nebraska, you are required to cut and remove weeds and worthless vegetation together with one half of the street and alley abutting thereon to no more than six inches in height. And I went, "Uh uh-oh. This is Benjamin oh Vote. This is this is <laughs> this is the renegade. That's why I was playing that song coming. This is our our own personal renegade here. So I thought, okay, let's see uh, what happens here. And of course, uh, Benjamin started writing about this. And 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 folks, uh, in case you haven't figured it out, that's not those aren't weeds. Okay, those are native plants that Benjamin is growing in his yard. So let's bring in Benjamin Vote, uh, author and plant grower and designer and advocate for native plants in uh, the United States and in North America and probably the world. And Benjamin, good morning. How are you? Uh, prairie up, people. Prairie up. <laughs> prairie up. I love that. Give that man a ding. All right. And you're... He's standing uh, in the middle yeah. of a field someplace hot in Nebraska. Today. Yeah. It, uh, you're, you're, we caught you in the middle of a job, right? Yeah, I, I'm doing a, doing a pollinator, 300-foot pollinator garden in a... In a residential backyard so a three i'm sorry a 300 foot what garden pollinator garden oh pollinator i'm sorry i heard pulmonary i went no that's that can't be right so it's a no pollinator well, garden. same thing same thing <laughs> uh and you said it's kind of warm there today how hot is it right now uh i don't know what it is right now it's probably in the upper 80s but we are on our way to a hundred, probably a heat index of one ten. So. Yikes! Yeah, good day to to go out and plant, uh, my friend. Uh, uh, of course, well, you you didn't plant it that not, way. Not by choice. No, I'm sure you do it. You do it when you can do it. So he's out there doing a pollinator garden, and I said, you know, Benjamin. You got to come back on the show and you got to talk about this because we've had this issue in Chicago uh, a number of for years. I, I was looking back at my own archives and at the end of 2012, uh, a woman who had been awarded a native plant garden award in Chicago in 2004 got cited for having weeds for the same garden. 
All right, so this is how schizoid the city of Chicago is. And that led to a whole conversation about this that really isn't resolved because, as far as I know, it's still in the courts in Chicago because she said, no, I'm going to fight this. Uh, she didn't want to pay the fine, and she took it to court. And as far as I know, that's where it still is. I'm trying to get more information, and if I do, I will bring it to the show as soon as I know what that's about. So let's go to Lincoln. And you got a similar notice. What's is is there a history of this in the in in the city of Lincoln? Do you know of anybody else who's gotten one of these notices? Oh yeah, over the last two or three decades, you know, some of us renegades will certainly get them and. But I want to say this off the bat, um, just because you have a native plant pollinator garden does not mean it actually does look good. It might be acting good, but if you're trying to work with neighbors or work in a neighborhood that just has foundation beds or has a lot of lawn, you know, you, you, you need to really be conscious of how you're designing and, and maintaining the space. So it still has some traditional design elements that people can can read and, and understand and sort of get into when they look at the garden. So I think it's I think it's really easy to be upset about this, but I think in some instances, yeah, native plant pollinator garden, it, it doesn't look good, and that's why it got a weed complaint. Now, that's not the that's not that's not my case, but we can talk about that. <laughs> okay, what is your case specifically? If yours is different from so, that. Yeah, we uh, and the, the, how the system works here is, here is that somebody can anonymously follow, file a complaint online. Um, so it was about my backyard, and I converted about 2,000 of that basically to a, a designed meadow space. So I sewed in a ground cover of little blue stem and cytos, grama grass, and then I came in and I plugged in about 200 different flowers. Um, and uh, so... Um, you know, I, 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 I first I first gave the superintendent online via email a list of native plants and, and we thought that would clear it up that, that he decided we should come he should come out and look at it and talk 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 over it with me. And I thought that was great because it's an educational moment and it really ended up being a very cool thirty minute conversation where we were taught they were identifying plants and they were thinking that they were weeds or something. I'm like, No, that's what it is and this is why it's next to this plant and why it's growing here. And this is what wildlife it supports. And, and, and finally he just said, you know, I think this is a case of, of this is an example space that we can use for other people to show this is how you do it. So that was really cool. That's, that is very cool. That's a good resolution to the problem, but it, it didn't spare you from several weeks of acute anxiety, did it? Oh, it was terrible anxiety, and I, I was thinking, how far am I going to take this? Because it's a hundred dollars a fine a day fine, so that's going to add up really quick if you're not mowing it back. And I knew I was going to be on a garden tour. I, I knew that you know this space was bringing me so much joy and bringing in so many pollinators and spiders and beetles and all this good stuff that there was no way I was going to mow it down. I was going to have to fight. So I was reading a bunch of law precedent around the country where. You know, some some good things I could fight to use in my defense. And in some ways, it maybe would have been helpful and beneficial to blow this up and have it be this huge media blitz. But at the same time, I'm a busy guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and and that's to your credit that you decided to do this on the QT uh, in a very civilized way. Uh, I 
I had a hard time convincing you to to even do this on the radio, uh, and I'm sure that had to do with it. I think the fact that it it seems for the moment to have been resolved is a good thing. Uh, and I all, but but you got to come at it from my point mm-hmm. of view, which is I think people need to know this. They need to understand. Yeah that if they do it right and they have a purpose in planting things the way you do and and you can tick off chapter and verse of the kinds of plants you have you're going to go a long way to convincing authorities so it sounds like you had a very reasonable uh administrator come out and take a look at your garden i was very fortunate and um and i was also fortunate in that I knew all the Latin plant names and they mm-hmm. didn't. So that helped a little <laughs> bit. And, but, you know, he was talking to, you know, when you talk to people, do you, do you tell them, you know, um, you should probably have try to use behaved plants that aren't aggressive, have some have behaved clumpers. So everything stays put together. And I said, yeah, I tell people that all the time, especially when you do it in the front yard, like, like we've done in our front yard. So there is a lot to consider before, you know, just don't throw out a a bag of native plant seed. You're going to lose every time. So what would some of those behaved plants, the behaved clumpers be that you put up there? Well, for us, that would be things like, no, I'm not going to use the Latin. I don't want to beat you over the head. (laughs) No, that's okay. That'd be good. Uh, It's Sunday morning. Thank (laughs) you. Appreciate that. It's Sunday morning. People are still waking up. Uh, I would use things like uh, aromatic aster, orange butterfly weed, nodding onion. Uh, we have a lot of good latris species that are pretty well behaved. Uh, pale purple coneflower is a good one. Um, uh, prairie prairie alum root is a nice spring bloomer. Baptisias are good. So there's a quick list. That's a that's a very good list. And and the thing that that list has going for it is a lot of those are bloomers. And I think it makes a difference to the uninitiated if they can see a bloom. Would always. You... you always need to have something in bloom for neighbors and for insects. Yeah. yeah you want it. Well, the part, that's part of the problem. As you say, uh, whoever made the complaint can do it anonymously in Lincoln. I don't know how that exactly works in Chicago. Uh, I really don't want to find out. Actually, you know, they could look at my yard right now and probably give me a ticket. Uh, because I, I got stuff over six inches high, but it's almost always in bloom. Uh, something's almost always in bloom. That's, that's what I should say. Uh, and you make a, the other point that, that, that you're making with this that I think we need to understand is the unseen benefits of what you're doing. So if we look at a tradition, what we call a traditional suburban landscape, and would you, do you live, you live just in the city limits, right? My back fence is the city limit. (laughs) Okay. What, would it have made a difference if you were in the neighboring community? Yep. If I was over the fence, he wouldn't have come out. Wow. Okay. So this is, (laughs) you know, and this is something that I'm sorry. I don't think of Lincoln, Nebraska as being the, uh, the, the lawn police. Okay. I just, that's, uh, that's just something that wouldn't have popped into my head, but uh, obviously this happens all over the country, doesn't it? And, and you mentioned you uh, looking at other precedent. What, what was the most um, beneficial precedent that you saw in your research? Oh God, that's, that's a question I can't answer because I don't remember. I've tried to erase some of this mm-hmm. trauma from my mind. I got PTSD <laughs> right now. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, but, but but there, you know, there were some in like New York, Wisconsin, California, Florida. So I mean, there, there, there was court cases where, where you know, 
weed judgments were overturned and, and fines were said, you know, don't worry about it, you know, all over the place. So, um, yeah. you know, but I, I live on a quarter, I live on a quarter acre lot. My house takes up 1500 feet of that. And then my gardens take up, you know, almost half of the entire lot. So I, I know that I am an outlier. I know that I, I know that I am that renegade, but I'm also, you know, I am, I am sequestering carbon and when I had people come into my garden yesterday, it was a hot day in the 90s, and they said, wow, this is a lot cooler than out front where you have grass. And I said, mm-hmm. yes, exactly. All these plants probably dropped the temperature by at least 10 degrees back here. Yeah, that's a, another really good point. And, and we haven't even gotten into the idea of of the uh, animal species there that benefit from it, the, the, the habitat it provides uh, in a way that a lawn cannot provide. Uh, what kind of species do you see out there? Oh, you know, a pretty good diversity of just everything. And, and um, we have, I'm sure we have rodents and mice, and that came up in the conversation too because that's the health department concern that you're breeding mm-hmm. rats that have plague or something. But I, I asked what species of rodents I should be looking for, and I couldn't get an answer for that. I, <laughs> and I, you know, I was like, well, how can I how can I help you guys, you know, if I don't know what species I, are, are vectors for disease? Um, yeah. But then we talked about snakes, and I said, of course I've got garter snakes out here. They're eating the mice. And <laughs> and then the reply was, your your neighbor might not like snakes. And I'm like, well, they're not oh, going to go in the neighbor's yard. I don't yard. like this long. <laughs> okay, well, then ask the neighbor, would they rather have the mice? I guess. Yeah, yeah, carrying the, yeah. And, and if the neighbor's yard doesn't have the habitat, the snakes will probably stay in yours anyways. You know, that's a my my issue here, and you know what this is, Benjamin, is that what we've decided is okay is, uh, you know, we're talking about traditional design and what makes people happy and what makes people happy is flat. If you pave it over, boy, they're really happy. Uh, If if you throw down chemicals, if you throw down weed killer, that's okay. Even if it's destroying biology, even if it might cause your dog to have cancer, even if it, it, it's getting into your house and your neighbor's house, that's okay somehow. And yet, if you do it where you encourage all kinds of biology to thrive, you're a menace to the neighborhood. I don't that's the problem I have is if if we were going to address the the, 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 the former, Maybe I could deal with the latter. We got to have some compromise uh, here, and and it sounds like you struck a compromise. Uh, we've only got a couple of minutes, but there now your latest argument is whether you have to cut it down in, in the in dormancy the even dormant season, right? Yes, that 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 was the last. That was probably the last sticking point. He wants me to cut it down to six inches in the winter, and I said, "Well, that's going to be hurting the plants. That's going to be hurting the wildlife." And, and then it's not going to be pretty at all. You know, these are the three tenets uh, of designing a winter landscape. Look at look at what Pete Outdorf has done for landscape design and having plants up in winter looking good. So I, I, I said three times over the course of our conversation, I really want to find a way to work with you about leaving these plants up in winter. And he finally said, look, nobody complains in the middle of the winter. I won't come knocking. Oh, that's what we're counting on. All right. Well, that's uh, Benjamin Vogt. Thank you so much for taking the time. Now go back, slam some more plants in the ground. Uh, you can. Uh, All right. 
pick up pick up pick up his book a new garden ethic cultiv- cultivating defiant compassion for an uncertain future you can find the link to that at my website mikenovak.net have you got a a website you'd like folks to go to benjamin uh, Monarch Gardens LLC is, is the website, monarchgard.com. And I believe we put that on our Facebook post, so it's up there as well. Benjamin Vogt, keep us posted. We're very interested in what's going to happen, and thank you for standing up for what you believe in. We will talk to you soon. You bet. Thanks, guys. All right, take thank care. You. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. More to come. Stick around. Did you know air pollution from road transportation costs about $1 trillion a year in healthcare? In a Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. Yes, now is the time to consider buying an electric vehicle, also known as an EV. It's a great way to start to break our addiction to fossil fuels. Even with gas prices below $2.50 per gallon, you can save from $400 to $1,000 a year on fuel costs. The price of EVs has come down considerably, and there are generous federal and state tax incentives. Who doesn't want to reduce health risks and greenhouse gases, save money, and drive a space-age cool car? I'm Green Diva Meg. Please visit thegreendivas.com to find useful Green Diva podcasts, videos, and of course, lots of low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green. Whether it's March, July, September, or December, if you're a gardener, any time of year is perfect for a subscription to Chicagoland Gardening Magazine. It's the garden magazine for our region and one of the best gardening magazines in the country. Every issue features spectacular photos, articles by noted horticultural authorities, nursery owners, state extension agents, master gardeners, and more. There are columns like Ask the Garden Pros, Regional Reports, What to Do in the Garden, and even my column on the inside back page of every issue. I make up stuff and they pay me for it. Go figure. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines on newsstands everywhere. But go to chicagolandgardening.com and get a subscription. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600. 888-265-3600. Catch Playtime with Bill Turk and Carrie Kendall every Sunday from 1 to 3 p.m. right here on 1590 WCGO. I'm going to be around my vegetables. I'm going to chop down my vegetables. I love you most of all, my favorite vegetable. I'm trying to figure out what the what the water sound is supposed to <laughs> represent. Is like pouring a cup of tea, cup of coffee, watering the vegetables. Uh, you spilled the drink I on the counter. Didn't hear a pop top open. So uh, I don't know. Those are the Beach Boys, by the way. Uh, if you're wondering where that Brian song. Brian Wilson was just doing something in the background. Brian Wilson. Who knows what <laughs> Brian Wilson was doing? Okay. Uh, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. I want to r- refer to something that uh, Benjamin Vogt was talking about. And I'm so glad he's doing this in Lincoln, Nebraska. Good for him and, and fighting this battle because we need to fight this battle. This is important. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, he mentioned Pete Udolph 
uh, and the designs of Pete Udolph. And some of you might be aware and other people might not be aware that you can see the designs of Pete Udolph right here in Chicago. Where? Why, the Lurie Garden at Millennium Park. That's Pete Udolph's design. And if you go in and you see a lot of these, uh, and they're not all natives, by the way. You should know that. Uh, and you can go to uh, look up Lurie Garden, and they give you a list of plants that they have. And I think they also do what's in bloom kind of thing. Uh, but you can see what they have and how they play together. And, and Roy Diblick from Northwind Perennial Farm out in Burlington, Wisconsin, uh, had a lot to do with the growing and putting those in. And he'll talk about plant communities and how they work together. Uh, I'm, I'm not uh, – now, Benjamin, you should understand – Benjamin is a strict, he wants only natives. I'm, I'm a little more loosey-goosey about it. My feeling is you can mix in stuff. However, I have gotten to the point where I really strongly encourage people to plant na- natives because there aren't enough of them. Uh, we, whenever I go to a garden center, I'm generally disappointed because I see the same old, same old there. And it means something you could grow in California and in Washington State and in Florida and in Pennsylvania and Tennessee, and it doesn't seem to matter what it is. Um, it's uh, marigolds and petunias uh, and, and peonies and, and roses. Everybody loves roses. Are there native roses? There's like one or two species uh, for North America. Uh, so I encourage people, you know what? Get some native plants in there. And that's why when I go on uh, ABC7, this week, I'm going to feature natives because I want folks. Give me a ding to, for that. Yeah, we'll, 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 and, we'll and see not, how that goes. And not native ours, but natives. Native ours, right? Because you got your Menardas, and a lot of them are native ours. Which means and, and what? That means it's a native plant that they they bred uh, a hybrid of, so that it it has some of the characteristics of a native, but it's not quite the original native that you would find. Yet. So, like, you can have an orange cone flower. Yeah. Why would anybody want an orange coneflower? I'm sorry. Why not? If you if you want something orange, get an orange plant. Get a tithon- get a butterfly weed. Get a right, or get a you know even get a tithonia, which is not. I don't think it's native here, but get an orange plant. Why do you want an orange coneflower? And I found that a lot of those plants tend to melt over the years anyway. So my friend uh, uh, from uh, Possibility Place, Connor Shaw, uh, I I was interviewing him a long time ago. Uh, for an article for Chicago Land Gardening Magazine about native plants and native ours. It was, mm-hmm. you know, like 15 years ago, I was interviewing him about native ours, and, and there was controversy then. And I love Connor. He said, ah, they're all going to revert to purple sooner or later anyway. <laughs> okay. You say so. They fade out. Uh, and, and, and actually, the uh, the other thing he said. Whoops. Oops. Oh, don't worry. I'm losing the mic. There we go. Oh, if you're watching on nope. camera, watch this. Ooh, it's like that. Okay. <laughs> nice, huh? Okay, it's because I was trying to... Oh, that's not going to work. Nope. Shut up, Wesley. All right, that's that's, that's the whole point. No, no, don't worry. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No more engineers in the studio, okay? <laughs> we just need a... Uh, no. We need the plastic washer on that thing. Uh, there we go. Close enough. All right, so um, that's it. That's all I'm saying is uh, if you if you can at all... Do it when you go into a, a garden center. Say, where are your natives? And why don't you have them? And, and why, please and why, order me and why some. don't you have a whole section devoted to them? There are some garden centers that kind of mix them in. Yeah. Like people are not that sophisticated. They're not. It's hard for them to figure it out. They're not. 
and they're not going to look it up there. So, okay. Uh, one of the things we wanted to bring up today is something that I saw on the uh, Advocates for Urban Agriculture site over the week. Um, and uh, this is for people who have community gardens. And one of the things that's happened in Chicago that's really good in the past several years, in 2015, the uh, city of Chicago passed amendments to the city compost ordinance, which expanded what urban farms and gardens are able to compost. The uh, city ordinance now allows community gardens and urban farms to accept food scraps and other organic waste hmm. generated off-site. Now, it, it had always been, oh, well, yeah, if you grow it there, you can compost it on-site. Well, the problem is there are people who belong to community gardens, and they say, well, can I bring in my eggshells? Can I bring in plant material from my yard? And you couldn't do it legally. I mean, folks did it. It wasn't legal. Now it's legal. Hmm. Um, however, however, as part of this amendment, um, Urban farms and gardens must register their site through the Chicago Urban Agriculture Mapping Project, or as it is so lovely, uh, has, it, elegantly named, Quamp. 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 Uh, at C U A M P. And you have to document what you accept. Dot org. Dot org. Quamp. Dot org. Okay, so just so you, you have that. It's a Quamp is a collaboration between or among actually AUA. Nobody knows how to use among and between. If you ever get me started on language amongst. on this show, um, uh, that could work too. Amongst is better than between. Between means two. Two. It yep. means two. So you can't have between four people. It's among AUA, Neighborspace, DePaul University, and the Chicago Food Policy Action Council. Uh, and if you go to Quamp, Quamp.org. <laughs> They're not going to appreciate us doing this. Uh, that's okay. It's, but they'll, but it's, people will remember They then. will remember. They'll go, I heard him saying this really weird word on the show. It was like, Kumpa, Kwam, Quamp, Quamp. Quamp? Uh, if you go to Quamp.org, you'll see a map. It's a comprehensive map, an inventory of Chicago's urban farms and gardens. It's very cool. You really should go there. Uh, and so now you can enter your compost information. Uh, the portal is live at quamp.org, uh, you, but you need to register your site by July 9th. And now we need to have some of the AUA people on the show to talk about this because this is really Maybe important. next Sunday they can join us at Custer. Yeah, maybe we can get them out there, except that... They're really busy, okay? Yeah. I don't think they're going to come out to, to, the, to the festival. Uh, maybe we'll get them on the phone in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so to stay in compliance with the city ordinance, all composting operations must be registered within 30 days of the notice. So the clock is ticking right now. And update their registration within 30 days of starting or changing their compost operations. Uh, you, now you can go to Quamp and, and see if your site is registered. Uh, you can search Quamp by garden name, address, community, or ward. Uh, you can download data and study the geography of urban agriculture throughout the city. It's pretty cool uh, if you, you check it out. So um, I think that's basically uh, what we need to know. Um, and you can go, uh, I also should let people know they can go to AUA.com 
to find information. Mm -hmm. uh, Their website as well, and you can find complete compost ordinance overview and frequently asked questions in both English and Spanish. Thank you, AUA, for doing that. Uh, You can find advice on composting best practices in English and Spanish. Uh, You can find Department of Public Health record-keeping form for all urban farms and community gardens that accept off-site organic waste in English and Spanish. So go to auachicago.org or Mm -hmm. quamp.org, especially if you have a community garden and you're accepting composting materials from off-site. You have to register it and you Mm -hmm. have to... Then they have to keep a log of it. And there's a form on on the AWA site mm-hmm. for that uh, AUA site. I'm sorry. And actually, one of the, well. one of, I've been sort of marginally involved in this over the years uh, at various meetings and stuff. And one of the arguments has always been now if you leave it on site or whether it should be on the cloud. And a really good point is, a lot of people still don't have computers, still don't have cell phones, uh, don't know how to do this, which is why one of the reasons you have a paper form mm-hmm. of this. And I and I, I I will cop to it. I I'm one of the people who was saying, oh no no, that's just crazy to have those forms. Who's going to be able to monitor that? So I think they came up with a compromise where you can do either or. Doing one or the other would not work, uh, because um, if it would, I look at my own community garden. I don't know where we didn't have a fence. We nothing was locked. We would have had to create a space mm-hmm. to put a paper form. Maybe bury it under a rock. <laughs> And then, and where Put only a, the in a garden, fake rain barrel, uh, exactly with a secret compartment. And when you open it, it goes quomp. All right, so quomp. So we thought uh, we would let folks know about that again. Quomp.org, c u a m p dot org. If you have a community garden or AUA. Uh, Chicago.org. And, and yeah, you know, go to AUAChicago.org to see a lot of stuff that uh, is great information, mm-hmm. not just for folks in Chicago, but around yeah. Chicago, around the Midwest. It's just a very helpful organization. And they've got a great listserv that anybody can sign up for. You don't need to be an urban farmer, and there's a lot you, right. can, yeah, there's we, a lot you we, can learn on that we website. Get, I get stuff from them all the time. Uh, so there you go. Uh, there was something else. Was there something else you were going to mention here? Have we gone through, covered our list of things on our our cheat sheet? Covered our list other than giving um, the WCGO show rundown cheat sheet that Richie Z's coming up with Chicago history and automotive heaven at 12 o'clock. And then at 1 o'clock, play time with Bill Turk and Carrie Kendall from 1 to 3. Did we get uh, a, a cast of characters for their show today? Well, one of the characters, other than Bill, blame Bill. Um, Bill and Carrie's guests. Wait, blame Bill. Blame Bill. Hashtag. 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 Hashtag blame Bill. Bill. Bill and Carrie's guests t- guests today include Chip Ratliff and the Prince Tribute Jam, who are coming direct from their performance at Blues Fest. You mean like right off the stage and into the studio? Did, Might be. Were they performing all night and then they Could got be. off at, at nine a.m.? No. The uh, tour bus is coming right here. Okay. We'll have to. You'll have to tune in at one o'clock and see what Bill and Carrie. Anyway, and, and I'll give folks one more plug for Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards. If you live in the city of Chicago, you got a garden, you want to win an award. Hey, what's wrong with that? It's free. It's free. You can go to chicagogardeningawards.org. Kathleen is standing by right now to take your entry. Waiting to accept your entry. Rick DeMaio is next. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. When's the last time you made a deposit in your ecosystem savings account? 
What I mean is that native plants are an investment in the future. They help to provide clean water, clean air, sequester carbon, mitigate climate change, and more. All of which have a major economic impact on global commerce and health impacts on humans, even in your own backyard. Natural Communities Native Plants can help you enrich yourself and the world around you. For starters, they have the largest selection of native plants, shrubs, and trees in the Midwest. And if this is the year you ditch that turf lawn for a native alternative, they offer Lomo lawn blends, sedge lawn kits, or knee-high meadows if you're feeling really brave. They even have native garden kits for beginners. You can take it to the bank. The birds, bees, butterflies, and other critters will think you're a financial genius. Go to naturalcommunities.net. Naturalcommunities.net. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at MikeNow. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, Mike at MikeNovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at MikeNovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at MikeNovak.net. Admit it, you've been itching to get a pond in your backyard, complete with the living art that we call koi and goldfish. Join Mike and Peggy at the 26th Annual Koi Show at the Max in McCook, Illinois on June 22nd through 24th. Learn from the pros from the Midwest Pond and Koi Society. The exhibits and seminars are free. Then join their 2018 Garden and Pond Tour for two weekends at the end of July, covering the entire Chicago area. Go to mpks.org. What is this place? You're in uncharted territory. What do you mean? Where are we? I don't know if you've heard this. I don't know what it is. Tell us your name, please. 1590. WCGO Chicago. And caller number one, are you there? You're the winner. You've just won two tickets to... Custer Fair. Custer Fair next week with the Mike Novak Show. What do you got to say to that caller, number one? Um, does it come in an umbrella? <laughs> Comes with a tent. Uh, come on, I know you can't uh, forecast uh, a week out. You don't like to do that ever, so... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This month is getting pretty easy. Wet. <laughs> Fog. Uh, that is... Fog, yeah. Yeah, Peggy and I both said that yesterday, didn't we, Peggy? Yeah, we were exchanging uh, uh, messages With of photos. photos photo, photo. Somehow Evanston and Highland Park looked the same. And I and I was telling uh, Peggy earlier, I went in downtown last night and the fog rolled in there. I mean, it was everywhere. It was, it's at night downtown, fog is cool. It uh, makes people cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, especially if you're like down by like um, Adler Planetarium looking south towards the city and you see that stuff roll in, you go, man, that looks like San Francisco. And it feels like San Francisco, <laughs> like June, but it's not supposed to be like this. Yeah. Because they yeah. it out in San Francisco in June. It feels like that on a, on a, on a uh, June night. And of course, yeah, it's pretty awful. We all remember, I think it's Mark Twain who said that the coldest winter he ever spent was, was one summer in San Francisco. So, uh, yeah. Thank yeah. You. Uh, well, uh, by the way, speaking of speaking of international weather, yeah. um, even though we weren't going in that direction, I'll push in that direction. <laughs> um, uh, the president going down to uh, Singapore right now. I hope he has a lot of hairspray. Eighty-six degrees in Singapore. The dew point is eighty. Whoa, that's a really high yeah. dew point. 
a really high dew point. It gets even better. You go up into the Bangkok area. Temperature is 83. The dew point is 82. Wow. <laughs> that's how, right. How does hey, that that's, happen? That's like uh, that's unbelievable. Uh, what was that, Mike? How does that happen? How do you? I so I guess you can get a dew point higher than the temperature, but that's amazing. No, 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 no. The dew point is always going to be lower than the temperature. But I guess your question is how do you get well, how do you, how, how do you get dew point? How do you get it that close? That's I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, first off, it's 11:30 at night out there right now, um, so that's one of the reasons why the temperature cools down a little bit. But the the warm water is like in the mid 80s. I say the water's in the mid 80s. Uh, in fact, there's a pretty formidable tropical cyclone moving just to the south of Japan right now. Uh, it's been downgraded to a tropical storm. It's called Maliski, uh, and it looked like it was probably going to be about a Category 2, but it kind of weakened a little bit. It was a little bit too early in the season uh, to become a typhoon, but this thing could actually move all the way across the North Pacific hmm. uh, and develop into a fairly uh, large storm system in the Gulf of Alaska, which will kind of have an impact on our weather here. Um in North America, probably next week. So the pattern is is actually linking up to the tropics very, very quickly. Uh, in fact, we have uh, in the eastern Pacific uh, remnants of what was a Category 1 hurricane. That's Tropical Storm Aletta. But we have a new tropical storm developing. It's now called Tropical Storm Bud. Um, how we went from Aletta to Bud, I have no idea. You would think you'd have a little bit better name with the hey, B, bud. right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, bud, have, give me a have we had you know, a, have, like, I want to know if we've had a Bubba that, uh, ever, a, as a, a tropical tro- storm Bubba. <laughs> oh, he's in the White That's House, I year. think, don't you think? Uh, yeah, but not anymore. Uh, he's on his way to uh, Singapore. Right. <laughs> yeah, but but no, no, seriously, tropical storm Bud could actually become a category two hurricane and move to the um, uh, areas around the Baja. Um, and the reason why I bring this up is. The models are actually hinting at yet another tropical storm developing in the Gulf of Mexico, and this has been kind of on the radar, so to say, for the last probably week or so, that this system most likely will become a tropical storm, and if it does, it'll become tropical storm barrel, uh, and will move into the same area uh, that was hit by um, Alberto back in about, about a week or so ago. Wow. And oddly enough, the pattern... Mike and Peg, would take this right up into the heart of the Midwest sometime next Saturday or Sunday. That's one of the reasons why when you're asking me about a week from now what the weather looks like, I think we stay wet. In fact, much of the next two weeks, the pattern does not change. It's a very stagnant pattern from the standpoint of the upper-level winds. That's one of the reasons why the thunderstorms have been moving so slowly. Um, And there's really nothing in the way of any dry air uh, working its way southward down the Great Lakes. If, even if a weak high-pressure system does come in, you end up getting these wind shifts off the cool waters of Lake Michigan and Lake Superior. And like both Peg and I and everybody else saw yesterday, you end up with these uh, weak lake boundaries that produce low clouds and fog. So from a standpoint of sun around here, the next two and a half to three weeks, uh, the numbers do not favor anything in the way of any dry weather anytime soon. Uh, sonar and Randall, I just I don't know if you heard that, but... Uh... Doesn't <laughs> Sonar's got are, his? Are those, he's got his hands up. Like, pet, are, what? Are those, are those your pet mosquitoes? No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Those are those, those are, are the dudes in the control on their faces room. now. <laughs> uh, but they're they're kind of putting their hands up in the air, like, well, we don't have any control over that. See, so. that's why I sent the email oh, yeah. about: is there a tent for next weekend? 
Yeah, we got <laughs> always their tent. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what, Peg? I, I I feel really bad because you, know, you have Blues Fest going on downtown. You have the Midsummer Fest in Andersonville. You have the Ribs Fest on Lincoln Avenue. And if, if anybody wants to do anything outside on a Saturday night, you go, why would I want to do it when it's 60 degrees and the 10 mile an hour wind and it's foggy and drizzly out? It sucks. <laughs> it's just not mm. very nice. <laughs> I, I know just, all, all the basil plants are like packing up already. <laughs> you know, uh, this is the 21st century now, and meteorologists use the words, uh, the weather sucks. Okay, so. Yeah, I know. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> That's I, okay. I, I That's be, funny. I became Bud. Yeah, I became <laughs> you were Bud there for a second. And, you know, we were just talking to our friend Benjamin Vogt, uh, who's out in Lincoln, Nebraska, and he's putting a garden in today in 100-degree weather. So it's Oh, yeah. It's yeah, real hot out there. Yeah. And he said the THI is probably going to be closer to about 105 to 110 today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, by the way, guys, I don't know if you read some of my stuff from yesterday. I was at an Aurora mm-hmm. um, at a climate change conference. It was more of like a seminar sponsored by uh, Congressman Bill Foster of the 11th District. Yeah. We, uh, Tom Skilling was, yeah. Yeah, was, our, our, was our, one of the our, speakers. Well, our friend Edith Macra was one of the presenters there. You probably saw her. Uh, so uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. She came up to me and, and said, didn't I work with you with Mike Novak back in, I don't know, a couple of years ago at the Botanic Gardens? And she was the moderator. Um, and it was, it was a good group of people. Um, one of the gentlemen who wrote one of the books about climate change from – uh, Argon was there as well. Um, so it was about 200 people, and it was, you know, it was basically just give and take, talk back here and about that kind of stuff. I think this is one of the ways that Foster keeps his name, um, you know, in, in the news from the standpoint of one of the few people who actually recognizes the signs that are doing something about it. So hats off to him and obviously skilling as well. Yeah. So I, I didn't realize that you were going to be there. It sounded like it was a great event. I wish. I could have gone. Um, there's just so many things that go on that are so important. Uh, we can't possibly. <laughs> yeah, make and them. when they happen on a Saturday, you have to go. Well, what do I want to do? If the weather stinks, I go inside. <laughs> if it's outside, I go. Eh, I have things to do. Well, you know. And in my case, it's what do I want to do? Prepare for my Sunday show, or just let it go and just wander in there? Okay. Right. Let's see, do no, I want to write a blog uh, or write a blog? Yeah. <laughs> So there'll there'll be another one, and I can send you information before okay. I know we have to get to the forecast cool. here in a minute. Uh, it's going to be June eighteenth, and it's going to be sponsored by Mike Quigley. So I can send you that information, yes. Mike and Peg, and hopefully yes. you guys can get to it. I would love to get yeah, to pretty that. Pretty good stuff. Okay, what's yeah. a, what is so, the forecast? So weather weather wise, uh, we had about an inch and a half to two inches of rain overnight. Fortunately, it fell south of where the heavy rain was the night before. But the cloud cover today goes all the way back to the Mississippi River. So. Mostly cloudy skies, mid to upper 60s today, that's it. We'll get a bit of a break tomorrow, but only mid-70s for high. More rain expected on Tuesday, a definite break late Tuesday into Wednesday, and then it looks like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, more rain. We can end up with about a half a foot of rain uh, by the time we get to the midpoint of June around here. I hope you guys heard that in the control room. All right. (laughs) Thanks, Rick. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, guys. All right. I want to thank everybody on the show today. Of course, William Moss, the garden boss, and Benjamin Vogt, and Rick DeMaio, and Randall and Sonar. And Ellie. And Ellie uh, on site. Until next time, go green or Go home. Stadler? Uh, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.